1: Hey, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and yes, I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it forced upon me. I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it. I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer. If I lose it, give account if I abuse it, just a tiny little minute, but our eternities are wrapped up in it. I want to thank you for taking time out for this minute, this moment, this opportunity to be able to be on with you, 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 you. Without you, this show would not be possible. This podcast would not be moving at such a clip. And I'm so grateful for you and all that you have done to share this. I want to thank you for sharing it with your friends, your family members, telling them, tune in. You got to hear this show. You got to hear Dr. Jolly's message. And I am grateful for you for making this the number one self-help show in America on this network and one of the most popular podcasts on iHeart, C-Suite, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So thank you. You know, I take a moment to start with that minute, God's minute, and then I take a moment to start by giving god some glory that minute was written by dr benjamin mays who was martin luther king jr's mentor and he called it god's minute and he did it because god gives us another minute every time you get an opportunity to give god glory you should take a moment and give him some when you get another day you should start off thanking god for another moment another day so i give god glory for every time i get on this show and every time i get on my uh podcast to tell people that you don't have to believe like me, but you know for sure I'm going to give God some glory because of what he has blessed me with. Well, I am so excited about all that's going on, the great, exciting new uh, advancements and opportunities that have been happening even in challenging times and you're gonna we're gonna hear about that today. But even in challenging times there are great opportunities if you put on glasses that look at the opportunities and focus on the opportunity and not the problem. Well the Monday night, every Monday night our happily married Monday with the Jollies Facebook Live program is now moved on not only just to Facebook Live, but also to Instagram Live at 9 o'clock. So you can follow me on the real Willie Jolly on Instagram and Willie.Jolly on Facebook. And follow me so you get notices and notifications at 9 o'clock every Monday night. We talk about make love, make money, make it last. Our book and principles to keep you happily married. We've been married for 30 Six years almost now, and uh, we are grateful we haven't had an argument in over 33. So join us Monday nights 9 o'clock. Also, Saturday mornings uh, at 10 o'clock a.m. on the Jolly Good News Report, where I give you a powerful message about how to have a good day every day. You know, this is a good day for a good day. So join us 10 o'clock on the Jolly Good News Facebook page on Facebook Live for Jolly Good News. And then Mondays through Fridays on Radio 1 Network on Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell, At 8.20 a.m. Eastern, 7.20 Central to you, can hear my Wake Up and Win with Dr. Willie Jolly. And then if you're not able to get that due to time or it's not in your area, you can just go to winwithwilly.com, winwithwilly.com, and you sign up for the newsletter. I will send you a video of the one-minute message daily. I'll send it to you free. So go get that. It's absolutely free. Well, I am excited about today's show because I jumped on A. Interview that was being done at my church, my friend, Reverend Johnny Parker, one of the great speakers and thinkers, he invited me to come and join an interview that he was doing with some achievers. And when he told me who were in the lineup, the men, the gentlemen who were in the lineup, it was a a men's group. I said, oh, my goodness, I got to jump on because one of those guys is my guy. He's my friend. We've been friends about 20 years now. And he is, you talk about a thinker, a doer, an achiever, a man on a mission. You, If you are a, an achiever, particularly in African-American circles, you know his name. Alfred Edmund Jr. is a man on a mission to help people to achieve greater Fitness. I love one of the pieces. He's an unabashed, unparalleled vocal evangelist for the habits and behaviors that produce four types of fitness. Financial fitness, physical fitness, mental fitness, and relationship fitness. He shares this dedication to achieving sustained holistic health in all areas of your life. And he has become America's success spurt and authority on what it takes to achieve personal and professional success. He has for many years been the senior VP, uh, executive editor at large of Black Enterprise, not only the magazine but online, responsible for providing brand marketing and content leadership as a member of the multimedia company's senior management team. that's where I met him when I spoke for Black Enterprise. And I've always been impressed with him. But even as the years have gone by, I've been able to stand back and look at him. Man, he keeps doing great things. So I, I could go on and on about all he's achieved. He, I do have to say this. He is a, a, a graduate of... of of Rutgers University. He is a life member of the Alumni Association, a founding member of the Rutgers African-American Alumni uh, Alliance, and a 2010 inducted into the Hall of Fame of distinguished alumni. And he is not only, as I said, a financial and achievement expert, he's a physical fitness guy. he wins awards for for bodybuilding and he, 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 he is over 50 okay <laughs> and you should see this guy. my good friend Alfred Edmund, Alfred, how are you?
0: Dr. Jolly, it's so great to be with you again.
1: Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Man, it's, it's just a joy to have you on the show. Uh, I gave him the thumbnail sketch. Uh, give him a little bit more about where you come from, where, where you went, how do you grow up, you know, all of that.
0: Well, first of all, I'm going I'm to check you a little bit. We go back way more than 20 years, my friend. Oh, you know what? You're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I remember I was editor-in-chief of Black Enterprise Magazine. I launched a new section of the magazine called Motivation. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that's yep. right. Um, and um, I had a column called uh, Success Expert Quotes, and you were the first person that we featured in that column that's man
1: like, thank you man As, yep. you brought it back to memory you're absolutely right, yep. right. And we did in an
0: somewhere e- in the mid 90s that's right
1: <laughs> we did an event in upper north uh, upper new york white plains area one time me you and i can't remember the man's name but he put on this success event and you and i were the featured speakers man so yes yep. we, you're right it's been much more than 20 years we've, well, been,
0: we've been laboring in the same vineyards for a long time
1: that's yeah. right so tell us a little more where you come from and well you know where did alfred edgman uh, come from and how did you you get this thinking
0: well let me let me get straight up as, as you already set the tone for the show give honor to God because the yes, only sir. way to explain my career and my life is God yes. There's nothing on paper there's nothing that would be, have predicted the path that I've been on uh, during the course of my, my life, and by the way, I just turned 60 in March. So ah, 60,
2: welcome to the club.
0: Year, I'm a 60-plus 60, 60 bodybuilder, and, uh, but, but I was born and raised in, in Long Branch, New Jersey, on the Jersey Shore, um, oldest of uh, four children, um, divorced single mother. Um, I was uh, recognized as a gifted artist since preschool. Wow. Um, did not know. I, I always could write. I was recognized for my writing ability but I came from the kind of background where I wasn't exposed to, that kind of thing. Um, you know, fast forward, uh, graduated from high school as the outstanding writer and, and artist of my class. Um, went off to Rutgers University. My degree is actually in art with a minor wow. in, in economics. Um, but again, never thought I'd use the minor in economics. Again, God was setting me up already. He was I did you not <laughs> know that years later I'd have been black enterprise. Um, but I, I did discover journalism as a campus newspaper editor at Ed Rutgers, decided then that that was my calling um, to be a media executive, to be a, an editor, and uh, graduated from Rutgers. I started out working with small black newspapers, in, and particularly in Brooklyn, New York. Um, got hired uh, for my first magazine job at a magazine you might remember called Modern Black Men. Yep. Uh, my first cover stories were with Dave Winfield. I just posted about him because Dave Winfield's birthday was the day before yesterday. Wow. And uh, uh, he looks great. He's 69, God. That's, that's my role model, but wow. You know. And uh, a year, did a year as the uh, number two editor at NBM at the tender age of 26 and uh, got hired by Black Enterprise at the following year at age 27. has been there ever since. I um, became editor-in-chief of the magazine about six years after I got arrived. Um, And then you you highlighted the rest that went on to become a senior vice president. i the first editor-in-chief of BlackEnterprise.com, the first chief content officer as Black Enterprise evolved. And, you know, we went from being a single magazine to having TV shows and the website and digital media content. And, of course, live events is the core of our business today. Um, And so, uh, and, and still there. So I celebrated my 33rd year, or my 33rd anniversary of being hired at Black Enterprise this past March 4th. Wow. So yeah, it's it's been a it's been a great run. But never took one journalism class, Doctor Jolly.
2: Wow. Never.
0: It it was just I had the gifts, and I was fortunate enough to be trained by great journalists, great editors, great mentors along the way. Um, But but you know, not something like I took a class or I took got a degree in it. God put me on the path of the people that taught me what I need to know, and and I was able to excel at that.
1: Well, you could not have learned from a greater teacher than uh, Earl Graves, and we give God glory for him coming past both of our ways. And and what he was able to uh, visualize and to create with the whole magazine, the whole empire was just fantastic. And, 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 for you to be his, 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 uh, his mentee to, to him to pour into you as he poured into his own sons, what a, what a blessing.
0: It, it, it's impossible to even measure the blessing. Um, as you know, uh, Mr. G transitioned this past April. Yes. Um, and we're also celebrating the 50th anniversary of black enterprise. Um, we'll be putting out a 50th anniversary commemorative issue, um, shortly before the end of this year. Uh, paying tribute to him and his legacy, but you're right, Dr. Jolly, It's, it's I can't even put it into words. He is, I can say this, and I've said this many times already in many public forums. Of the people that I've met personally, that I've known personally, he is the greatest person I've ever met. Wow. Bar none. Wow. You know, and, and again, you know, I, we both have met a, a number of tremendous people over the course of our lives and our careers. Um, you know, I count you as one of them. Thank you. You know, we we we, all, we we we've been blessed with a life where we get to come before kings and rulers and and just amazing people who are sovereign over their areas in in every field of endeavor. Um, and that's one of the best things about being a journalist. But I've never met anyone who not only is impressive from far away, but holds up under scrutiny up close. Wow. And, and as you know, I work with them very closely. I was the editor of his column, the publisher's page, for more than 25 years. So I spent a lot of time around him, and he is and was the real deal in every way you
1: can think of. Wow, wow, wow. Well, what a blessing to be able to have that, tutelage and to have that mentorship uh with earl graves and to, then to look at black enterprise because you came on fairly you know you've been at 33 years or or, or or so and and uh you know you're still it was still in his smaller younger days and and you were able to see the growth the development and the changes because the world has changed in the last 30 years from uh, just magazine that we came on, you know, and I both I, both started speaking and you started with Black Enterprise, no such thing as the Internet. So, look, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back because Alfred Edmund is going to talk to you about wealth, about creating mindset and about developing a long term and short term plan for your future and success in a, mu- in a multitude of ways. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And for sure, your best is yet to come. We'll be right back i think. Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show with my special guest, the one and only Alfred Edmund Jr. And what a great day. I, I, I got to meet him, as he he shared, many, many years ago. And he has gone from being the senior VP uh, of one part of, of Black Enterprise to now being in multiple spaces in Black Enterprise. Alfred, I, I want to delve into some of your thinking. How did you become a person who was focused on wealth creation and, and achievement.
0: Well, uh, again, I can give all that credit to just my years at Black Enterprise, because and, and I, I was not a business journalist. I was the furthest thing from a business financial expert when I came to Black Enterprise. My, my mother raised me and my siblings. She did a great job with teaching us to value a dollar. But as a woman who um, had some college education, but wasn't someone who read the Wall Street Journal? I mean, we knew how to manage money because we didn't have a lot of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right, so, right, right. So we
0: were good at the management part. But my mother didn't, you know, didn't have access to credit as, 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 as you know, black women of her generation. Few of them did. Women of her generation, few of them really did. Um, she didn't, you know, do investing. So, so I came with the basic knowledge of managing money in terms of making ends meet, uh, paying my bills, that I could manage a budget but nothing else beyond that. So Black Enterprise opened me up, frankly, to a whole new world of success that I had barely glimpsed prior to graduating from college. So in addition to working with some of the smartest financial journalists and editors in, in the country, if not the world, I'll speak for at least for the country, including the current chief content officer, Derek Dingle, right. who has been there as long as I've been there. The other thing is that I got to talk directly and pick the brains of the most successful money managers, investors, and entrepreneurs in the country. As, right. as you know, right. I broke the cover story of Reginald Lewis's deal, TLC Beatrice International, Leverage Buyout, by uh, my, my six months after I got there. Um, John Johnson I knew personally. Percy Sutton I knew personally. So you, you think of the, 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 the most successful wealth creators of black America of the latter half of the 20th century um, and beginning of the 21st, I knew all of them on the first name basis and I was able to talk to them both on the record for the magazine, but off the record. You know, Bob Johnson and I spent lots of hours talking about the approach to building wealth and becoming a stock market investor on owning a public company versus a private company. And so basically, Black Enterprise has been my in-depth mastery, school of mastery of wealth creation because I got to personally talk to and learn from the top wealth creators on Wall Street, Main Street, um, Silicon Valley. If you're if you're a black and you're in business as an executive or an entrepreneur, then we wrote about you in Black Enterprise, and I got to know you personally. Absolutely, and, and and that that's what really I mean the best and the brightest, uh, including yourself. Um, well, thank again, you. you. I mean, you, you know Black Enterprise and all yep. people we've written about. Yep. Well, I've been there the whole you know the last thirty plus years, and and people don't understand the value of being able to um, not only not only get to you know these people because they're a great achievers, they're inspirations. But to be able to have a conversation with Reginald F. Lewis, who I, who I covered almost exclusively until he p- passed away, um, in addition to interviewing him for Stories for Black Enterprise, he would have conversations with me wow. about what he, what he was thinking and why he was doing it. Um, and so when I, you know Percy Sutton, the late Percy Sutton, um, CEO of Inter- uh, uh, Intercity Broadcasting, which, who we all called the chairman, that's what everybody called him. Right. I mean, uh, when I first came to New York as a 23-year-old, and first met him even before I got to Black Enterprise. He basically had almost adopted me like a long-lost you know, great-nephew and, and would just talk to me wow. and, and share things. And so when, when, you, when you live in the Black Enterprise world, every day is Black History Month. Every day is Black Business Month. And so I got to learn from the best and the brightest. And that carries over to this day because I, I um, have great connections. You know I'm a mentor and advisor to a lot of millennial and Gen X entrepreneurs. Right. And they're coming to me for advice, but at the same time, I'm picking their brains because they're building great, successful businesses. Right. And and that just adds to my education.
2: Well,
1: man. Well, let's jump right in here about wealth. Let's talk about wealth. And and when I jumped on that that. Seminar that day, you gave so much content in the time you had, just incredible content. Uh, you talked about wealthy, and I, I, I'll kind of give you this, and then you gave some points about uh, wealthy. You said not trying to be rich, a lifestyle of appearing rich. Here are the things you must do if you're going to not just be what we call a, a thirty thousand dollar millionaire, all hat no cattle, uh, <laughs> a big hat no cattle. You know, uh, what did do? You one of the things you talk about with delayed gratification
0: Yeah, the common thread of all successful entrepreneurs and wealth creators no matter what field of endeavor is they understand the value of delaying gratification they understand the value of not necessarily having to have it now because if you're talking about ownership and asset accumulation asset accumulation takes time and I, I, I want to make it clear Wealth is measured in assets
2: mm, say it it's again not, say it again
0: wealth is measured in the assets It's about what you own It's the own part of the net worth statement So, you, you know your net worth is your assets minus your liability equals your net worth And your net worth is how you measure wealth right so obviously if your liabilities outweigh your assets Then you're a negative um, Net worth which is not what anybody wants you're in the red, but if your assets outweigh your liabilities meaning what you own outweighs what you owe, then you have wealth. And, and one of the most fundamental lessons we have to teach our, our community and our children in particular is to not measure wealth by the size of their paycheck, not measure wealth by the size of their car or the brands on their butts or, 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 or all these, the, the physical trappings of wealth, and to measure it by what you own. And, and when I say what you own, assets that uh, appreciate in value, stocks, bonds, real estate, successful businesses, which entrepreneurship is an important path to wealth, particularly for black people. Yes. Um, um, but these are things, you know it's an asset because you can put it in a will and give it to somebody.
1: That's right. That's right. That's but you
0: exact. can't take your salary. You could be making a million dollars a year. When you pass away, nobody's going to say, well, you know what? We're going to pay that million dollars a year to your kids. Right.
2: No. Mm. And,
0: and so, so we really need to understand that inc- there's a place for income. Income is important, but you use income to acquire assets. And unfortunately, in America, we're taught to use our income to consume goods that are depreciating value.
1: Wow, folks! That I hope y'all got that because I've been saying this for a long time, folks. That you must continue to create wealth building assets. And we've had so many other wealth builders who said, you've got to have something that spends off money that you can leave, you can hand a key to for the next generation. If you talk about generational wealth, it is something that can sustain time after generation, after generation, after generation, generation and continue to create revenues. But you must be mindful of that. You also talked about that in the delayed gratification. Now, you can, you know, many people want to get the big, new, uh, big car, fancy car. And you said, nah, 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 nah. Get the little car. And pay for it and make sure it's paid for. And then as you generate revenues with some assets, then in time you can get the bigger car. Or as as Dennis Kimbrough talks about, uh, and we're both of our mentor and friend, uh, Dennis says the difference between uh, 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 the the rich and the middle class is that the poor folks, they tend to think uh, in terms of cars and clothes. Middle-class folks ter- think in terms of degrees and titles, but wealthy or rich people or wealthy people, and really as rich people think in terms of their bank account, but wealthy people think in terms of their net worth. And and those are all distinctive, aren't they? You can talk a little bit more
0: about Oh, absolutely. And, and it takes an intentional mindset to get from one level to the other. Yes. So I, I was born into a working poor household in a working-class neighborhood. It took a mindset shift to... Get into a middle, a middle class way of life and thinking. Right. That was the transition that took place during my early career at Black Enterprise. It was in my mid career at Black Enterprise, thanks to Dr. Kimbrough, who, as you said, is a huge, I mean, just a huge acolyte of Dennis Kimbrough. Right. Um, and, and if you haven't read The Wealth Choice... If you have not read The Wealth Choice, you, folks... You're doing yourself a disservice.
1: Disservice. You know? well, I've yeah. said it often. Wealth Choice. you got to read it. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, but after I read The Wealth Choice, it, it, I had the revelation that I also had to make a shift to go from, like you said, middle-class thinking, titles, credentials, um, status, that's all middle-class stuff, to asset accumulation, and that's the journey I've been on since my mid-40s. What do I do to accumulate accumulate assets? So there's a a mindset shift, but the biggest mindset shift um, to to simplify it, no matter what level you're on, is that you have to go from focusing on borrowing and spending to saving and investing.
1: Say it again. Say it one more time.
0: You have to shift your focus and your dollars from borrowing and spending which is what drives our economy it's a consumer driven economy so of course everybody wants you to borrow and spend but if you're going to accumulate wealth you've got to minimize the borrowing and the spending you can't totally get away from it you got to do some of it and maximize the degree which you're saving and investing because most people say oh I don't have money to invest um, I, don't, I don't have money I don't have money to save and I tell people look in your garage look in your closet
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> look at those
0: interest payments you're paying. Um, you know, l- look at those things that you are buying. That's really eating up your business startup money, your stock market money, your real estate acquisition money, because you actually have the money. It's that you tied it up with borrowing and spending and not shifting it to saving and investing. But if you don't think that way, if you don't intentionally shift it, you're not going to change your behaviors, and then you're not going to change what you do with your dollars. And, and, and that's why that's so critical.
1: That is critical, and that is what we see so often in people and uh, communities where we know that there's money being generated, but it's going out of their hands so quickly, and there's not being invested in their future into their uh, their 401K. We tell everybody, if, you, if you're in a job, you should be making sure that you got a 401K matching, and they're matching whatever you put in. Max it out, make full and take full advantage of every opportunity to create wealth, to create assets and to look at the possibility. What we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back because we've got more. He's got he's got so much to tell you about mindset development. We're we're going to give you wealth building principles right now, right here. Pull out your pad, your pen, your your iPad, your iPhone, whatever it takes. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. Shop, get some of the books. It only takes a minute to change your life, or a setback is a setup for a comeback, or turn setbacks into greenbacks, or chicken soup for the soul, or an attitude of excellence, or the book I wrote with my wife after. 34 years of being married and not having an argument in over 30 years, we wrote a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, and now it is saving marriages all over the globe. Go to the store, get some of the audios, the videos, the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly with my special guest, Alfred Edmund Jr., who is, for those who might just be joining us, he is the Senior VP, Executive Editor-at-Large of Black Enterprise, and he is a man on a mission to help people to have not only one kind of fitness, but multiple kinds of fitness. He is called the success expert, and he helps people to have fitness that is financial, physical, mental, and in their relationships. and And before we go further, I want to make sure people know how to get your book, get your uh, anything you might have to offer. How can they reach you? What tell us about the book?
0: Well, you know, I do so many things. First of all, the book is written co-written with Zara Green. Um, we've been working together. Oof. 12
2: years?
0: Wow. <laughs> no, no, that's that's exaggerating. Let me, let me go back. Since 2012. Okay. <laughs> on a platform called The Grown Zone. But one of the things we did is we collaborated on a book that's about, not about marriage, but about setting the right foundation in relationships uh, so they can be healthy enough to sustain whatever you build on top of them. So we wow. That's people, a, that's marriage a, is the house. Yep. Uh, then we, we, we're, we're talking about what's the foundation, but how do you make a decision-making framework to navigate toward people who are healthy for you and not unhealthy for you. And we cover everything from financial decisions to to dating, to um, knowing how to break up a relationship without damaging your, your situation because if the relationship's not healthy, it should end. Um, and so it, it, it's a great book. It's still selling very, very well. Uh, but anybody can find that book. You can go to Amazon or any major bookseller. Name, name the book, book one more time. And again, it's called Loving in the Grown Zone. Loving in the Grown Zone. Um, A No-Nonsense Guide to Making Healthy Decisions in the Quest for Loving Romantic Relationships of Honor, Esteem, and Respect." Great. Um, You know, the the relationship principles we share, while in the book we're applying them to uh, romantic relationships, they actually apply to all healthy relationships, that these are the elements of all healthy relationships, and that's what you should seek before you even think about things like marriage, procreation, and other things that we tend to do when we think that we found the right relationship.
1: Excellent. Now, also, uh, you have some events constantly going on, the Black Enterprise. I spoke at the Entrepreneurs Conference. I'll never forget it in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Gaylord. That was, oh man, that's been many years ago. But uh, you have ongoing events. Tell us where they can learn about your events that are ongoing and what they should be focusing on.
0: Yeah, all you got to do is go, do to, uh, go, go to blackenterprise.com and click the events tab, and you'll see all the different events. Um, black Enterprise is primarily an events and digital company today. As you know, the magazine industry is, is uh, not really the current driver of media today. Uh, but if you go to blackenterprise.com on the events tab, and, the, and the, the three biggest events that I'm working on li- re- literally right now is Black Men Excel, which is a celebration of black men's excellence and leadership that's coming up later this month. Um, uh, your Money, Your Life um, which is um, for your show perfect because it's a focus on wealth creation. It's a, a, a virtual summit on wealth creation that we're doing and and you mentioned already the Entrepreneur Summit is also coming up um, and even year round uh, both before and after these events we have content sessions, uh, teachings, webinars related to those events so you'll always be able to find that at blackenterprise.com forward slash events um, you're out on demand.
1: Excellent. Excellent. We want y'all to take full advantage of that and go and make the most of creating a mindset. Now, before we go further on talking about wealth creation and, and, and achievement, we might as well deal with the elephant in the room. We're in the midst of a pandemic, economic downturn, racial strife, massive job loss. You said every crisis creates new needs which creates new opportunities. Expand on that.
0: Yes, and and let me say that when we talk about the common thread of thinking on wealth creators, all of them say that. Um, Michael Lee Chin, you know, I mentioned Bob Johnson, um, you know, Oprah Winfrey, Janice Bryan-Halroyd. If you ask them, every one of them will tell you there's opportunity in crisis. Right. That's That's a universal way of thinking. And that's the way we all need to think. Right. Change always creates opportunity, even if the change is scary and difficult and unexpected. And this is no different. And, and let me say specifically for, for black people, um, this crisis is unique in what caused it. But when you think of those things you just dropped, unemployment, business loss, this is not the first rodeo we've attended.
1: That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. You know,
0: we had the Great Recession. We had 9-11 before that. Black Enterprise in 1970 was founded during a recession. Right. And one time we counted that we had been through eight recessions over the time we've been in business. Wow. So there's a purpose for that. I always tell people, God gives us adversity because it's not only important to learn how to fly, it's also important to learn how to land.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that
0: if you can get your thing up in the air, but you don't know how to bring it down safely, you shouldn't have put it up in the air in the first place. <laughs> so, you know, nobody I wants a that. challenge. Nobody asked for a pandemic. Nobody asked for a racial reckoning in America. Nobody asked for businesses to have to close. Again, none of us, nobody asks for it. But if it's happening, there's, you know, all things, you know, you know happen to the good of those who serve the Lord, you know. And I believe that. We can't just say it. we got to believe that, yeah, this is not what I expected, but now I need to look around to find out what, are, what, are, what am I being shown? Right. If this door is closing, what doors are opening? We already know. Just the whole business of doing uh, virtual meetings has opened up all kinds of new businesses So people had no choice. It's important to always look for the opportunity because if, if there's been a change, that means a new set of needs have been created. And if there's a new set of needs, there's a new set of demand. And if there's a new set of demands, there's new ways to make money.
2: Wow. And, and our,
0: our mindset, particularly as people of God, yep. but even if you're not a person of God, if you're a person who believes in opportunity, then, what you should always be asking yourself when something changes is, "What's the new opportunity?"
2: Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. What's the new
0: opportunity? Uh, black Enterprise did not, you know, shut down and go out of business when magazines went out of style. Yes. I give credit to our current CEO, the the oldest son of the founder, um, Earl Gray's Jr., who I, you know, I grew up in the company with. Uh, we yes. We came in the around the same time, and him and his brother Johnny and his younger brother Michael were the ones that really, you know, drove this idea of having live events and pushing the idea we need to have digital long before we would ever need it. When we were building those entities, like, as you know, back in the 90s, yep. Black Enterprise magazine was going strong. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we need this. But when the magazine industry changed, when digital media took over, we were uniquely positioned to take advantage of the new opportunity in crisis. Right. And it was a crisis. Because yep. Remember, the media recession happened with the Great Recession in, in, in um, 2008. 2009. We were hit hard. Just every other media company, not just the black ones. Yes, we were hit just as hard. But because we kept our eyes open for what the new opportunity was, we're like, you know, our magazine revenue is dropping, but look, our sponsors still want to do these events. And by the way, they want—they're asking about what they could do on our website, and they're impressed that we're really active on social media and they're willing to spend money there. And therefore, the crisis that took out a lot of magazines. Um also opened the door to opportunities for us that we were positioned for because we were, we were um, looking for that. And I, and I think it's a lesson that we as individuals have to remember during this current crisis, and certainly those of us who are entrepreneurs and business owners have to have that mindset. Where's the new entrepreneur opportunity? So so this crisis opportunity thing cannot be overstated, Dr. Jolly.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I love what you had said when we met earlier. You said, so don't get so focused on what is lost, to miss what is being created and you can can create gain you've talked a, a good bit about uh, your faith as I talk about my faith and 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 even people who don't have faith know that there is something that we've found that's powerful and you talk about that so awesome uh, you've talked about that so awesomely you talk about God and scarcity they don't go together so talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, you're right. I happen to be a Christian believer, you know, love Jesus Christ.
1: Some people have a a theology of uh, piety is poverty and that you should be poor or that money is not important. What we've got to do in what we are sharing is that these are not mutually exclusive, that you can be a person of faith, a man of God, a, a Christian, as
0: well as
1: a wealth creator. And so let's talk about that.
0: Well, listen, money is neutral. Yes. It's like a hammer. It could be used to build or it could be used to destroy. It's, it, 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 it's, it's neutral. There's no, like you said, no inherent moral value to money. Right. The evil or good of money is what you do with it. Mm. It's whatever the evil or good that's in your own heart, that's in your own ethics, that's in your own values, that's in your own beliefs. So we, we imbue uh, this thing, which is just a thing called money, and to call money good or evil is a form of idolatry, in my opinion.
2: Right, right. To, to
0: assign a moral value to a thing, to a tool, um, elevates it above its value um, in a way that is not really um, uh, uh, godly or even good for humankind. So, no, I don't look at—poor people aren't naturally more saintly than rich people, and rich people aren't naturally more evil than poor people. Right. It's a matter of what you do with what you have. and if. if there's so many lessons in the parable of the talents.
2: Yes, uh, just, but ahead. one of them
0: is it was that God treated each of them equally. I mean, not he didn't treat them all equally, but he treated them all equitably. So he gave them different amounts, but the one that got five wasn't less worthy than the one that got ten. Right. He didn't judge them by how much they had; he judged them by what they did with it.
2: That's the it. master. That's right. You
0: know. So, so, so I tell people: so money is not it's not inherently good or evil you're going to be measured by what you do with it. So again, if we back off the idea, it's not about you're religious or you're not religious or you're a believer or you're not believer. It's about what good are you doing with the resources that you have. And if you are using those resources in a way that is productive, not only for yourself, right, but brings value to the world, you are doing good things with money. And yes, does that, that often accrue to you? um having a better life, having more resources, having a better lifestyle, yes it can. But it's not about you having a better life or better resources. It's about what you could do to have a positive impact on the world. And it's important, like you said, in in faith communities and particularly um middle class and lower class and black faith communities, we do wrestle with almost a guilt. Yep. About even admitting that we want to succeed. That's right. Even admitting that and I would say you know I I I will take it back to when I first went off to college and, and I went on almost all financial aid. I had some scholarship money, but I tell you the background I'm from. Right. And and uh you know when you're when you're a black person or a young person you go off to college on financial aid, particularly if you go to a predominantly white institution like Rutgers, then you 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 you're, you get there and you almost feel guilty because They're telling you, you're not really here because you belong here. You're here because somebody paid for you to be here. And I remember the first time I came home to my mother and was like, you know, they make me feel bad. Even though I had the grades, I had the SAT scores, I got there with academically competitive with everybody on that campus. And she said to me, it's only wrong if you waste it.
2: Woo! I love it.
0: I love it. If you go and you goof off and you blow it and somebody else could have used that money to go to school and you, then it's... She didn't use these words, but then it's sinful if you waste the opportunity. But if you make the most of it, if you take this investment, if you take this talent that was put in your hands by the master, Yep. And you make the most of it. And this has been a big motivator in terms of why I try to excel in my career and try to do my best in everything that I do. Hold that thought. We're going to come back to
1: this in one second. I want to get the rest of this. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show with my special guest, Alfred Edmund Jr. We'll be right back. And for sure, your best is yet to come. (laughs) Friendship is not about being convenient. It's about being committed and consistent. You can call on me. When you need me, call me. You can call on me. You can call on me. Pick up the phone. You can and call, call me. me. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly with Alfred Edmund Jr. You were talking about making the most of the talents. That's really what the parable is all about, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. And and you know you, you you know the the other scripture that says, "Do whatever you do, do it as if you're doing it for God." Yes. That's what that, that message from my mother about not wasting the financial aid that I was given to go to college has has driven my my mindset and my motivation with everything that I do. To to if I get an opportunity. My opportunity to talk with you on your show, the opportunity to work for Black Enterprise, whatever opportunities I get, make the most of it because that is giving honor to God. That's by right. By doing that, make the most of the talents. And so, my, my point is that we shouldn't feel bad or, or guilty or less, you know, less uh, religious or whatever it is that we think that measures our worth um, for our success. The question becomes, am I leveraging the success in a way that benefits and serves and ministers to others?
2: Absolutely. Um, and, and,
0: and, and then the parable says, or, or the parable of the talent says, if you do, you're automatically going to get more. That's right. You're, he you're said old, that's exactly right. You can't be God's given. If, that's if right. If you do what you're supposed to do with what he, he's given you, whether that's a little or is a lot, automatically you're going to get more. Absolutely. And, and that should be something that you should lean into, um, not, not run away from or apologize for.
1: And look, in Deuteronomy, it says very clearly, God gives you the power to create wealth, comma, so you can establish his kingdom here on earth. What that means is he gives you the opportunity to talents and skills, but you're supposed to do something good with it, make a difference in not just your life, but also in the lives of others. You also talk about the fact in the fish and loaves concept that there's enough for everyone. Talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, and this is where faith and a sense of purpose, um, You know, that, that second part of Deuteronomy, the scripture you just quoted, was about purpose. Yep. Like, it's prosperity with a purpose. It's not prosperity for prosperity's sake. Right. It's prosperity with a purpose. And the same thing with the fish and the loaves. The fish and the loaves, the lesson of that is that if you trust and believe that there's enough to go around, there is enough to go around. Right. I, I, I give speeches, as you, as you do as well, all across the country, and one of the things I, I share about the fish and the loaves is that the miracle only happens when people are willing to share.
2: Yes, that's Like right. if
0: people said, I only see, only see a certain number of fish only a certain, certain number of loaves, I'm holding on to mine. If they didn't obey uh, Jesus, uh, who said, okay, take some and share it with everyone else. And that's the only way they were able to discover that there was more than enough. Remember, they had a leftovers. They had, they had leftovers. 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 Yep. Uh, so they couldn't consume it all. And, and so I tell people, it, it, and it's, it's the same thing with knowledge. Yes. You know, why am I going to withhold information and knowledge as if I'm going to suddenly lose it if I give it to you? Absolutely. No, there's the sharing, and that's what we do. I mean, that's what you do for yes. a living. And, and, and as, as, as your um your passion and your and your calling, is that we are giving away fish and loaves. We're not less full because we gave it away. Um, which is why you know you have to come on your show. I'm like, of absolutely. This absolutely. is another chance for us to give us some more fish and loaves to people so they can eat too.
1: <laughs> absolutely, and we want more people to be successful in every part of their life. I love the whole uh, four parts of fitness, and I love that concept. Now you also talk about that we have to get an abundance mindset. There's more than enough. Look, folks, Les Brown taught me that years ago. Willie it's more than enough for everybody in the speaking industry. Help other speakers. He helped me. I've helped others. And you do the same. And so Dennis Kimbrough helped me when I was first time book came out. He he took our on the phone. Didn't know me. Now we're good buddies. And every time he has a book on, he's on here. And you talked about also one more thing I, wanna, I want you to jump into. You were creative you were designed to produce to be productive not just to go forth and multiply with babies and procreation but about achievement talk about that
0: well here's here's the reality and I put this in in, in business terms you can't have a fertile business in a desert
1: Woo! come on
0: somebody I mean you can't you're not going to have a successful business in the market of people who can't afford you so Successful people in every field of endeavor, and I'm going to speak, focus on entrepreneurs, they want to cultivate wealth in the communities they serve because they want a community that can afford to buy their goods and services. That's right. So it, 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 it's to your benefit to network. It's to your benefit to share your knowledge. It's to your benefit to do business with other entrepreneurs so they can be more successful. It's All of that is to your benefit if you're trying to build your own wealth. So now, take, if you take a mind to the scarcity, mind, 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 I can't give, I can't share, I can't teach, I can't let nobody know what, my, what I'm doing and how I do it, you might have some short-term success because you're creating a short-term monopoly, but you'll be surrounded by people who are unsuccessful. Right. And that you'll be in a market of people who cannot afford your goods and services, which means in the long run, you're going to um, fail too.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I, I like to ask this question to people, uh, and you can just answer it as you, as you like. Why is it important to be wealthy? Why is it important to be wealthy?
0: It's only important to be wealthy, in my opinion, to the degree that you're going to leverage it to enrich and minister to other people. Make Whatever, whatever that's way right. you do it. That's right. That's the that's only, that's only value. That's right. Because, listen— the, 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 the look at the, the life and passing of Steve, um, Steve Jobs. Yes. All that money didn't, didn't change anything in terms of his ability to fight off that illness.
2: Right, right.
0: I mean, that, that's my passion around fitness, mental wealth, physical wealth, relationship wealth, because we have to use material things and money is just a way to keep score. Yes. That's not what your real wealth is. Your real wealth is the value you can bring in the course of your life while you are here living your life. Yes. Um, we just lost Chad with Bozeman, uh, you know, obviously at a young age, 43 years old. Right. But I always say when that happens, I tell people it, it's not, it's about the quality of the life you live, not the length of the life you live. And he lived, and he made a difference.
1: It. Boy, that boy made a difference and he right. came and came strong. Uh, 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 another question I always like to ask if you were at Howard University and we were going into a class of young business students and they want to be entrepreneurs and successful business people, I like to always tell them, here the you got us. You got to do this. Here the you got us. Give me a couple of the you got us.
0: The big one, and I, I have gone into classes like that at Howard and at Clark Atlanta because uh, I've spoken to Dennis Kimbrough's class. Yes. The big one I say when I tell people, there's one thing you have to do if you're ever going to be serious about building wealth. You have to spend less than you bring in.
1: Pooh, come on, that says it. Come on, Alfred.
0: The, the, wealth, the wealth lifestyle is spending less than you bring in and in saving and investing the difference.
2: That's it. That's the you. poverty
0: lifestyle is spending more than you bring in, and borrowing to cover the difference. Mm. Guess Gosh. how much how most Americans live, and that's what the whole credit card industry is. Yep. The credit card industry exists so that we can actually spend more than we actually make because credit cards are an easily easily source of borrowed money to cover the difference. But of course, because of interest rates and other things, you're digging yourself deeper and deeper into a hole. Yeah. So if you could, if we could just train ourselves, and it's the one thing I will say, my mother did give me because of, of the, the the limited circumstances I was raised in, she had this thing about if you don't have it, don't spend it.
1: That's it. That's it. You got don't have it, don't spend it. We've been talking about. That's exactly right. If you don't have it. Delayed gratification.
0: Delayed gratification.
1: Delayed gratification. Well, as we get to the closing part of this interview, uh, again, tell people where they should go to learn more about your book and anything else you want to let people know about.
0: Well, I tell people, just follow me on all platforms. I tell people, don't follow your dreams, follow my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I but, love uh, it. <laughs> if you, you can find Alfred Edmond Jr., A-L-F-R-E-D, E-D-M-O-N-D-J-R, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I, I'm the same everywhere. And, and everything that I do, whether it's the book, whether it's for Black Enterprise, uh, the shows that I host, um, and I, I just share lots of information. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I talk about your show. I mean, it's all about giving value. Absolutely. Yeah, if you follow Alfred Desmond Jr. on any platform, you'll know everything I'm doing.
1: Man, I just am so grateful for your friendship. I want to tell people again if you don't follow me on, um, if you're not signed up to my newsletter, please go to winwithwilly.com. Winwithwilly.com because after I do these interviews, uh, I will write a, a column. And I will put some of the learning points that I got from these great. Uh, achievers And I'm going to do it For Alfred The things that he has Taught me I've got pages Of notes from him And I am going to Put those And you will be able To get them And then I will also Keep you updated Anything that we might do I'm going to find a way to, For us to do When this pandemic is over For us to do a, a An event together Alfred Because I want to talk About the thinking That you have That's so aligned With what I have About faith About finances About future About creating legacy I want to do something that we can invite people so man thank you for taking time to be on with me
0: man thank you for always um opening your doors opening your heart opening your mind to what i have to say i really do appreciate it that's a real blessing man we've been friends
1: and i'm grateful for you folks again alfred edmund jr follow him on everything and know that he is exactly what he says he is. He's real deal. He'll take time to talk to you. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining me today. I want to thank all of you who have followed me. Follow me. Remember, Monday night, happily married Monday with the Jollies, 9 o'clock, Facebook Live. Uh, Monday through Friday, uh, you'll get a free video for me if you go to winwithwilly.com and sign up for the newsletter. Or you can listen to me listen to me on the Erica Campbell morning show at 720. Eastern Time, uh, uh, 7.20 Central Time, 8.20 Eastern Time. And then last but not least, on Saturday morning, the Jolly Good News Report on Jolly Good News Facebook Live. Let me tell you, folks, you are on your way to wealth creation because you have invested the time to listen to this whole show. And I know that you can't leave here better than when you started because we've got people like Alfred Edmond who will pour into you. As as it's been said, that once you pour that idea, you cannot be the same. You'll stretch your mind. So use it, grow it, and go after it. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And for sure, your best is truly yet to come. God bless you.